What the fuck is up, everybody? It is me, Ryan, aka B Kid, aka Ninja Bands, back with another episode of the podcast of Brotherly Love. And today's episode is dedicated to our favorite basketball player, Alfred Horford, because he is a top 10 elite basketball player. <laughs> did you say Alfred? I did. I, I decided to use his full name just because I felt like it was more appropriate and formal. So Is that his full name? Is it Alfred? Probably not. Knowing Al, he's literally probably just named Al. It feels he's, like he feels like an Alvin. He's a he's a simple man. All right, but, I'm gonna uh, go look this up. All right, you get back to me. So before I was interrupted by you know the Al Horford historian of the of the podcast. Um, today we have two guests other than me and Cone, and I'll introduce them in just a minute. And we are going to be talking about the 76ers, my favorite and most of the time least favorite team to watch play basketball. So I'm gonna start out with. Uh, a guest who's been on the show a couple times, not so much for a basketball talk, so it's nice to have him on for a, more of like a serious talk. But we got at, Twitter user at present Embiid. Prez, you want to say hi to everyone? Yo, what's going on? How you feeling, Prez? How's everything going for you lately? Good. Yeah, I've just been relaxing. Yeah, you ready to talk some 76ers basketball? For sure. I know. It's honestly, I feel like, the last time we had a serious 76ers basketball talk, Brett Brown was still our head coach, and it was just like spamming that meme of him with yeah, his up saying fire. <laughs> so we'll, we're going to touch on the coaching staff a lot later. but So that's Prez. And then our second guest is a, a new guest, and it's our first, I guess, non-male speaker too, because we are, we're, you know, we're diversifying our portfolio here. So I'm going to introduce uh, at Dario Sharkic, also known as her alias Sharky. Sharky, you want to say what's up? Hey, what's up? And uh, I guess, of course, free Dario. <laughs> I, I know. I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say how long? How long could you go without saying free Dario? I felt like I should have said that in your intro, but I knew you were gonna say it anyways. Maybe, maybe ten seconds. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely. It was less than ten seconds, definitely. You're gonna have to go back, like show me in like the. Yeah, we're gonna have to time it. I should. I should have done an over under. You know, like we could have done like a betting odds on it and <laughs> see what the people would have thought. <laughs> But uh, we're happy to have you on. I know you've wanted to be on for a while, so it should be a fun time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. And then I'll introduce our uh, our other normal co-host, my boy, my brother, literally Connor. Connor, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm excited to see what y'all have to say about this team. I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. I think the Sixers have one of the more interesting offseasons out of any team in the NBA. So it'll be cool to see what y'all think and compared to how I feel as an outside fan. So and I think he uses the word interesting in a very interesting way because I feel like that's what people describe the 76ers with every year is interesting. Like no one ever says like, oh super promising or like, oh, they're gonna stink. It's like they're interesting. And I feel like that's just been the trend for the last three or four years. So we're gonna have another interesting podcast episode and talk about it. So since Connor is our outside man, he's gonna kind of take over my role and kind of like talk through our topics and then he's gonna ask us for our opinions and then if we have some time at the end we'll go through our long list of questions from you guys so connor why don't you go ahead and take it away yeah okay so there's a lot to talk about um the there's not like a lot of big free agents for the sixers but at the same time it seems like the roster is definitely going to go through some change but before we get into that the first thing i want to ask you all about is I know this was a disappointing season. I know Al Horford, at least for me, Al Horford getting signed kind of made me feel like it was going to improve the team, and then that did not happen. 
Um, obviously, Ben Simmons went down with injury in the bubble, so Joel was forced to try and carry against the Celtics, which is tough because they're a really good team. So I wanted to go through real quick. Uh, since we're going to get into a lot of negatives, I wanted to start real quick with each of y'all saying a positive about like the team from this season before we start getting into the other stuff. So, Ryan, I'll start with you, and then we'll go to Prez and then Sharky. So, Ryan, go ahead and start me with a positive from this past season. A positive? Wow. There are not many. I mean, we won we won over 500, but honestly, like we were expected to be like a potential Eastern Conference final team, so that's not even a positive, but... I'm going to go with, and I might be stealing President Thunder here, uh, Brett Brown getting fired. That's probably the biggest positive from this season. I think uh, he had a good run. He was a good developmental coach, and I just think he lost the players. He lost the locker room. Sorry, I'm kind of turning this into a negative. Uh, negative yeah, thing. yeah. I asked you for a positive, and you're like, oh, you know, a man lost his job. Uh, <laughs> in, in all seriousness, now, though, I'm gonna, our, my biggest positive is probably like Tobias Harris's play pre- before the Celtics series, because in the bubble, he looked like, it was by far the best play I've ever seen out of Tobias Harris because he like made it known during his like off like not off season but like a little break that he was going to work on his like aggressiveness and playmaking and rebounding and I definitely think the latter two were showed and I think his scoring was just kind of reduced due to a lack of efficiency. He got a lot of good looks. I just think he was probably just you know tired playing. He was playing like forty to forty eight minutes a game at least, especially when Simmons went down. So I think the bubble really like kind of I don't know. It made me have some positives for Tobias. I think with Doc Rivers coming on, hopefully that can, you know, reignite that. So that's going to be mine. So, Prez, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, as you said, there was not a ton of positives. Joe's averages were down. Tobias' averages were down. Uh, just as a whole, I mean, a few of the bench players like Furkan, uh, Matisse was pretty good. They both came out and looked great. But I would say the most... The emergence of Ben Simmons this season, I think, was the best because points went up this season. Assists, I think assists went up this season. Uh, True shooting, field goal percentage, and obviously he made a couple (laughs) three-pointers, which is... Yes, sir. There you go. There's a positive. (laughs) There's a positive. And I think just making the third team and making first team all defense, I think, was just a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, that defense, defensive step was huge because he went from being like a... A a good defender to being a star. Yeah, Yeah. now as someone who I think, as of right now, he's probably... Right now, I would probably pick him to be Defensive Player of the Year. I feel like he has that potential. So that leap was definitely huge for y'all, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, out of everything, Ben was definitely the best. And I think going into next year, I think he's even going to get even better as he tries to work on that jump shot of his. All right, Sharky, you want to hit us with a positive? Yeah, uh, this is going to be niche because it always is. But... I'd say one positive was definitely that we had the best home record in the entire league. Um, I think that just really shows about how much this team does love the city of Philadelphia. Um, And I guess in addition to that, another kind of niche thing is Shake Milton. I just think that one, literally that one game versus the Clippers where he just went off and tied the all-time record for consecutive threes. That just kind of shows the player that he is and is going to develop into. So I really think, honestly, like, his entire presence on that team was a highlight. 
Yeah, that Shake Milton game was one of my favorite moments of another team season outside of the Thunder. Uh, I remember watching that game. I was like, oh, you know, there's like, like this is the only basketball on that I really want to watch at this point. And I watched like the whole thing. And Shake Milton just kept hitting shots and like staring down like Kawhi Leonard and stuff like that. I was going crazy the entire time. Like every time he hit another three, I was like, what is happening here? Yeah, I love Shake Milton. I'm. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we could get him in a Chris Paul trade, but you know, I'll, I'll my, still watch him. Uh, you're not far. getting him. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part. Far. My favorite part too is when Doc Rivers got hired. He said of Shake Milton, if he plays like he did against us in L.A., then this dude is going to be one hell of a player. I don't know if it was in L.A. or in Philly, but I could be misquoting that. But it was in L.A. Said, it was in it LA, LA? I That's what I thought. Yeah. So he said, if he plays like he did in L.A., then this dude is going to be one hell of a player for us. And I think that's so funny that Doc remembered that game. He's like, I think, that, you know, that's probably the only reason he came to the Sixers was to untap the potential of Shake Millen. I mean, there could be no other reason why he wanted yeah. to come. This has been in development since Shake Millen hit that, had that, like, was it like 31 or so, I believe? Yeah, I think I think it was 31, yeah. Yeah, he had like that 31-point game, and Doc is like, all right, I'm, I'm ahead here. He actually asked out to go coach Shake Millen. It's funny, they traded for Landry Shamit, and then they saw Shake Millen do that, and they're like, shit, we got the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, you are the wrong dude. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess that's a good transition then into one of the bigger storylines of this offseason was the firing of Brett Brown. But I guess bigger news is the hiring of Doc Rivers, one of the NBA's most well-touted coaches. Uh, everyone speaks highly of him in the NBA, other than I think like <clears throat> like a cup. Like I think Rondo's not a huge fan, um, but people like him. Uh, he's well-respected amongst the league and now coming in to replace a coach that nobody respected in Philadelphia is a big change. And coming with him is a kind of an all-star like cast of coaches. Um, Sam Cassell hopping on Dave Yeager and Dan Burke from the Pacers all coming over to join his coaching staff, which could be huge for a Sixers team that looked really at home at home, but on the road, they just kind of looked lost. So just gauging each of your feelings. Sharky, I'll start with you this time, and then we'll go back to Prez and then Ryan. Uh, how do you feel about the hiring of Doc Rivers? Do you think it's a positive? Was there another coach you would have preferred? Um, just stuff like that. So I feel great about it, honestly. I was totally all, like, Jay Wright gang for, like, the first, like, week after Brett Brown was fired. But I really think Doc Rivers was, like, the best choice for Philadelphia going forward. Um, I just really like how... I mean, we haven't even seen him like coach this team yet, but it does feel like it's going to be a major improvement from whatever was going on with Brett Brown and that whole coaching staff. Um, it does kind of make me sad that I'll never get to say fire Brett Brown ever again. But <laughs> yeah, I think this is uh, going to be like a great coaching staff. Only a Sixers fan would say they're going to miss hating on somebody. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I feel like that's a very uniquely Philly thing. Last time I was in Philly... Um, I went to a game with Ryan. Uh, we saw Sixers Thunder in Philly this past winter. And uh, every time I go there, the heckles I get just make me feel really at home. So shout out Philly. All right, uh, Prez? Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to take away from this. Like, as Sharky said, like, Jay Wright. But Jay Wright's not going to come to this franchise because this franchise is, um, well, it's kind of going better, but it was a mess. Like, from the front office down, it was like, Jay Wright wasn't going to come here. He had everything in Villanova, you know. But besides the point, Doc Rivers is a great hire. I know he's choked some leads, but I think getting him with Joel and Ben, I think will work out. And 
Cohen, I want to make an analogy here. Brett Brown was the Jason Garrett of basketball. Ooh. He was the Ooh. Jason Garrett. I've never seen somebody have so much talent on one team and just waste its potential. I kind of like that. It, it, I, I've been saying it for the past couple years now. I just Brett Brown, he had a team full of all-stars, weapons, just like you could do anything with, and he just couldn't get the most out of all of his players. And that's the same thing with Jason Garrett. So, yeah, definitely happy we got rid of him. We were able to pick up somebody like Doc Rivers, who is a class act and one of the best coaches in this league, in my opinion. I kind of want to bounce off some of Press's points there. Uh, back to what he was saying about, you know, Brett Brown <clears throat> couldn't get the most out of his players. I think that has so much to do with, and this was also what uh, Sharky was talking about, our home record. There's just no accountability. There, I cannot count on one hand, not even two hands, how many games there were where the Sixers were on the road and they got down like five or ten early, and you're like, as a Sixers fan, you're like, ah, I'm going to turn this shit off. I know we're not going to win. Like, you could just tell by, like, the players' facial expressions and their body language that this game was already lost. Like, I can't tell you how many times we played, like, the fucking Hawks or someone, and they, they look like the prime warriors against us. I, I could not fathom how that was happening. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like, accountability and being ready to play when you're not at home. And I think that has to be a big coaching thing because you just have to establish the atmosphere and hold those players accountable. And I think that's the biggest thing that Doc Rivers is going to bring to us. And just, like, having a game plan, too. Like, there were so many nights where I'd watch the Sixers play, and I just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Like, I swear they were just, like, Brett Brown would just be like, all right, guys, good luck, you know, good luck tonight, you know? Let's do this. Let's win this game. He wouldn't even tell them to do anything. Like, there's no game plan. That was kind of, like, why I was on, like, the Mike D'Antoni train for a little bit, because at least I know, like, he has a game plan, you know, something Brett Brown never had. But then when Doc Rivers got fired, I figured that would be good, too, because I feel like he'll take, like, he won't change our roster and our play style like a D and Tony would have, but he'll like take what Brett Brown has and actually take advantage of it, which is what I'm hoping he can do. And he's coached players at this level. He's coached the Chris Pauls, the Blake Griffins, you know, Kawhi, Paul George, the list goes on. He's coached all these guys. So I think hopefully he can take all his experience, get the most of Tobias Harris. Because Tobias Harris is a 44% three-point shooter when he was with the Clippers, which, holy shit. If you, he, he shot 36% with us last year. An extra 8% three-point shooting, that'd be insane to add. So I think that's what it is. I think he'll he'll put people in places and positions to win. I mean, like Prez was saying, like there's just too many good players in this roster to like be this down bad. It makes absolutely no sense to me how you can't win with these players. So hopefully... Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about him later, but hopefully Daryl Morey gives him some new weapons and they shuffle some pieces around. Because I think we got the front office and the coaching staff figured out now because that was like, you got to fix your problems. Like, the process started with the bad players. We had the shitty players. That's where we were. So we're like, all right, let's fix the shitty players. The shitty players got fixed. And now we have the bad front office and the bad coaching staff. So it's almost like we went from like a bottom-top approach to like fixing our team. Now we're doing like a top-bottom, which I think is going to work way better in the long run. So... I know I kind of just like went off, but that's how I feel about it. That's all right. It's so it's so interesting watching y'all talk about this, like so down on this season, being a Thunder fan who like all my expectations were exceeded. So it's very different. Um, but the, uh, I think Daryl Morey is like the next logical place to go to because, like you said, this front office overhaul is well underway in Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> Morey uh, coming in been the GM of the uh, Rockets forever now, uh, built some really incredible teams, built the 
uh, Rockets teams that challenged the Warriors, uh, the team that if they hadn't missed 27 consecutive threes may have actually beaten the Warriors to advance to the finals with Kevin Durant, uh, which is a huge accomplish- accomplishment in itself. So very, very smart guy um, coming in. Just, I guess, just how do you feel about it? Um, do you think, what moves do you think he could make to improve this? Like, if you could, like, tell him, like, this is what needs to happen, like, give him a move to make. Um, and just really your impressions about him. So, uh, Prez, we'll start with you this time, and then we'll go to uh, Ryan and then Sharky. Okay, yeah. I thought he was a good hire, obviously. Anything better than we have up there right now. That front office last couple years has been the biggest fucking joke of all time. I'm sorry. Like, as a Sixers fan, like, there was just, it was like Colangelo's and then the hinky shit. It's like, okay. But done with the rambling. Uh, yeah, it's a great hire, obviously. Um, if I were to ask him immediately what to do, you know how much I love Al Horford and how great of a player he is? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that top 10 player we're talking about here. But I really think, I think the Kings would really help getting somebody like Al Horford's presence there in Sacramento immediately for somebody like, I don't know, like Buddy Heald, just for example. So, there are more just like shooters. Yeah, yeah. If I were, yeah, just shooters in general, but especially Buddy Heald. So, yeah, that's what I'd tell him for sure. Uh, I kind of I agree with you. I think Daryl Morey, like, we just, like you said, we had the Kalan. We just had, like, people. We had Hinky, which Adam Silver was trying to get out of the league. I know it's conspiracy theory, but that's my opinion. Uh, no, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> and then we had the Colangelos, and we all know what the fuck happened with them. And then we had Elton Brand, who I think did a lot on him, but the more and more I think about it and look at and read things, I don't think it's really his. I think there's a lot more of an influence at like like Brett Brown. Like like we found out a couple months ago that Brett Brown was like a big reason why they didn't offer Butler the, what we wanted him to get offered because he didn't want to coach him. And then also I think Josh Harrison, you know the rest of the dickheads up there. I think I think they had a lot more of an influence than we like originally thought. So I really think that this Daryl Morey hire is going to create a really good bridge between you know the guys up top and the guys at the bottom. I think they're going to be they're going to stay more out of it. And now Elton Brand has a guy. Elton Brand, you know, other than his experience with the um, Sixers G League team as their general manager, and then a couple seasons now as our general manager, he doesn't really have a lot of experience, you know, building teams. Like he's made moves, but he's never really built a team. Like you said, Daryl Moore, he built teams. Like he's been there for a long, long enough time where like every move is like his doing. So I like him for that, and I like him for you know for drafting too. It gives us like a new new guy up there get us a new philosophy because other than like a couple like second rounders and late first we really haven't had too great of luck with drafting recently like we've had some duds like i don't know zyre smith jonah bolden you know just to name a couple dudes you know and then there's obviously the more obvious ones but those were kind of further back before his time but I don't know. I just, I think, I think we're doing, I think the big thing is we're doing something. And that's like just amazing to me because the biggest thing is we're like, who gives a shit if we get these new players and new coach? We still have the same dickheads running basketball operations and now we don't. So I think that's like, I've never seen, I think the last time I saw Sixers fans this excited was when we made the move for like Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw Sixers fans like this. Like, it's been very odd to excited. see Sixers fans not, like, want to die on the timeline and instead seem somewhat optimistic. So I, I think that's a sign of anything, that things are moving in the right direction. 
We're also talking about the Sixers here, and like, who knows? Five games in the next year, we're going to be saying the same shit, probably. <laughs> well, five <laughs> five games in the season last year, we were five zero. We thought we were the biggest. We had the biggest dicks on the planet, man. We we, we thought yeah, we that's were. True. That we true. were like, we're like, no one's stopping us. We're like LeBron, who? Like, I like the Sixers. Like, I know personally. Like, I thought we were so good, and then you know, pretty sure we lost like five in a row after that. Like all road games. So you know, <laughs> it happens. But um, Sharky, what do you think? opinion on this thing i was pretty excited about the daryl Morey hire like when it happened um i think i definitely trust him more than i trust elton brand not just because elton brand like traded my favorite player away or anything i just think he has <laughs> i'm still i'm still salty about that got trust issues <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that um i just think daryl Morey does have more experience like building teams rather than just making moves um as you said i feel like you guys kind of said everything i wanted to say here um I'm just excited to see where it goes, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think he's a great hire. I, <clears throat> I'm, i like, amazed that he wasn't pi- almost picked up. Like, he was picked up quick, but I almost felt like he would be he would have been picked up, like, day two. Um, yeah, I'm, like, <clears throat> I'm not used to, like, the Sixers, like, making a move. Like, I, I know, like, Doc Rivers. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, Doc Rivers got fired, and, like, next day, Doc Rivers to the Sixers. Daryl Moore gets fired a week later. Daryl Moore had lunch with Josh Harris the day after he got fired. Now he's coming to Philly. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like, I guess these people really believe. If these people believe in the Philadelphia 76ers, maybe we should, you know? I don't know. Although they haven't been part of the heartbreak and suffering that you guys have been for the past few years. So, but, but Real quick, Connor, before we move on from, like, coaching mm-hmm. and general manager and stuff, I think if this, like, we touched on this a little bit, it just adds, like, a big deal of respect to the Sixers. Like, the Sixers are adding, like, guys that have been here for so long and have so many relationships with people in the league. I just think it really makes us, like, a destination people want to go to. And, like, it shows the players that, like, ownership's really dedicated to, like, winning. Which I know we shit yeah. on, like, the Sixers' ownership a lot, especially, like, on Sixers' Twitter. But I think this is, like by far the best thing they've done since I said, I tweeted this out the other day since they drafted and beaten Simmons. So kudos to them for doing something well for once. Yeah. Shout out to them. Uh, all right. So I guess now moving off of the staff, we move more into the players. Uh, we can start big. The, the big thing that people talk about is the Simmons and Embiid fit. I'm personally not someone who believes they should be broken up. I think they're a good tandem and they've shown that they can have success. I don't really understand Everyone trying to push away these two really young players. Uh, so I just I thought I would get you guys' opinions on that. And along with that, I guess talk about the Al Horford situation, who's another questionable fit. So just kind of talk a little bit about like Al Horford. Do you think there is still a spot for him in Philly or does he have to go this offseason? And alongside that, how do JoJo and uh, Ben fit together? Is it possible to make them work? What pieces do they need to have around them? Stuff like that. So, uh, Sharky, you can go first this time, and then we'll go Ryan and then Prez. Okay, this is the part of the podcast where I just start banging my head on the wall. I've literally like thought about this so much. Um, basically, ever since Al Horford got here and started being bad. <laughs> so, I mean, if we want to talk about just Ben and Joe first, I don't think they should be split up. Uh, whatsoever. However, I did kind of notice that Al Horford did work pretty well with Ben Simmons when uh, Joel was out. So that's just like my little thing. I don't want to split them up whatsoever. I want Al Horford gone. But I just feel like that was kind of like a highlight that he had here. I don't think he has a place here anymore, though, and I just hope they trade him away. Um, 
I have a lot of faith in the whole Buddy Healed thing. But then again, Buddy Healed isn't exactly like the replacement that we need for Al Horford. Um, I don't know. I don't don't want to say free Dario again, but there are some free agents that could help patch up that like power forward slash center sort of mm. thing that we were seeking in Al Horford that we didn't get. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's maybe someone like out of Phoenix, a stretch forward type yeah, guy. Yeah, maybe. Mm, maybe he's okay. from Croatia. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know any players yeah. like that. I don't, I don't either. But yeah, that's basically, that's basically my whole opinion on uh, Al Horford. I don't know. I guess Dario could be the replacement, but we'll see about it. Yeah, I'm going to bridge off some of your points, I think, Sharky. But uh, I don't think the issue is so much an Embiid Horford fit. I think it's more of an Embiid Horford Simmons fit. Because kind of like what Sharky was saying is like when only two of them, even if it was just in <clears throat> Horford and Embiid, if you had one of them in the post and like Horford in his elbow or like on the perimeter, you know, drawing people out. Because I don't know about you, but I know Connor, we watched a lot of Sixers games and I know obviously you guys did too, but Al Horford was sometimes a sniper, man. And I have no idea where the fuck that came the from. <laughs> I just remember this dude would pull up from three and I'm like, fuck. And then it would go and I'm like, fuck yeah. So it was just like a very mixed bag of emotions. But I don't know. Like I said, I think it's not an issue of the two of them. It's an issue of the three of them together. And out of those three guys, I'm not splitting up Embiid and Simmons. Because ever since Embiid and Simmons have been a tandem, like the Sixers have been like a top four team in the East, arguably. So like, I don't see the point. It's just finding the players that can fit around them. And we were one Kawhi bounce away from potentially getting to, you know, to the Eastern Conference Finals and beyond. So kind of like what you're saying with Daryl Morey, like, People say, oh, the Rockets never made it to the finals. You never built a championship team. Well, yeah, if they didn't miss 20-some threes in a row, maybe they would have. So 27. There's a lot of 27, yeah. Wasn't uh, James Harden on the Thunder, too? James Harden was on the, th- on the Thunder at the start of his career, yeah. <laughs> oh, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I think Daryl Morey, they're not going to hire a guy like Daryl Morey in the stand pat. I think if he's coming in, like I know like he's not the GM. He's like overseeing basketball operations, but... The team's going to make some moves. There's a new coach, new front office, new coaching staff, like not just coach. Like we literally cleared house. So I think there's definitely going to be moves to be made. It depends on what approach they go with. Uh, We might talk about this a little bit more when we talk about like Al Horford trade proposals. But like I don't think he has to go. But like if we want any chance of making the finals, I think he does have to go. Like we'll still be like a top five team in the East, maybe make second round Eastern Conference. But we're not going to win it all if we have Horford and beating Simmons. Unless Simmons becomes like Steph Curry somehow. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think he might take a couple of threes and more jumpers, but I think we're just going to see more of the same from Ben. Until I see it, I won't be, I won't think otherwise. But I don't know, man. I There's a lot of question marks on this roster. There's a lot of good things, but there's also so many question marks. So I think we'll get into it more when we get talking to the, like, in, more individuals and free agents and stuff. But, yeah, that's where I stand now. All right. Um <clears throat> I guess with that, yeah, we can move. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Prize, you didn't go yet. Prize, you didn't go. My fault. Okay. Yeah. Um, finally. I, I, finally, I can talk about this Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid situation. <laughs> talk about so much bullshit that people come up with. We're talking about two potentially generational talents here. We're talking about Ben Simmons. People were comparing him to LeBron and Magic out of the draft. We're talking about Embiid. To, you know, we compared it to one of the greatest all time, Hakeem Olajuwon. And I really just think that they pre-matured, like, in their first year together. It's like they, the expectations were 
maybe eighth seed that season. The expectations was not third seed and over 50 wins. It's like everybody was just like, from there, they're like, okay, they're ready to win. It's like, we're talking about like two guys in their first two years in the league together. It's like, and beating the second year, same as rookie year. It's like, think about the other tandems. It's like, they want to split these up, but it's like Tatum and Brown, they've been together for three years. Nobody talks about them. Jokic and Murray have been together for, this is their fourth or fifth year together. Giannis and Middleton have been together for seven years. I know people make this stuff about Giannis, about like, you know, like heat and stuff like that, but it's not because of a fit. It's because they want him on his team. It's like, I don't get the trading of Embiid and Simmons. They're going into, this is going to be their fourth year together. And they're one, like you said, one bounce away from Eastern Conference finals appearance. And it's like, Simmons wasn't healthy this year. And like you said, Al Horford, it's like, Al Horford needs to go. Like, he's just, I mean, like, honestly, he's not a terrible player. But for that contract he's getting and for the fit of this team, he's just somebody that you don't need. And last year we thought we were just going to pound it down their throats. Like, we just thought bully ball right in the paint. But it's like, it just didn't work out. Like, Elton Brand, like, he thought he was still in the league. Like, he was about to fucking suit up. Like, you know, they played big when he was playing. It's like, you can't do that in today's league. It's like, you need your big guy, you know, maybe two big guys, which Ben and Joel, which are two big guys, in my opinion. And then you need three guys around him who can space the floor and stuff like that. So that's my opinion on it all. So, yeah, Prez, nothing really else to say. Prez is, a, Prez is a fan of big guys. So <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Shut the book. Uh, okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> on that note, yeah, we're going to move now to <clears throat> a little bit about the free agency. One of the main – so the Sixers this past season had one of the most talented starting lineups in the league, but it was just not – just like it didn't it didn't work too well together. Um, so there's some issues there to figure out. But alongside that, the bench could use a little bit. Uh, so what we're going to do is I'm just going to go through real quick. I'm going to list off. So under contract for next season, the Sixers have Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid. It's like the whole main starting five. Then you throw in uh, Shake Milton, Matisse Thibel, Furkan Korkmaz, Mike Scott, uh, Zaire Smith, Norval Pell, Mariel Shayok as the uh, bench players currently under roster. And the notable free agents are Raul Neto, Kylo Quinn, Alec Burks, uh, um, <clears throat> Glenn Robinson III, who has a player option, but he's probably going to decline it because he can probably get some more money. He showed he was a valuable bench piece. And then Ryan broke off. So really, of those guys, I feel like Burks and Robinson are the two bigger names. So um, <clears throat> I'm just going to say, like, like, should do you guys believe you should try and bring back those two? Or is there anyone else there that you would like to try and bring back? And then maybe, like, a notable free agent, like, you would like to try and pursue uh, it would have to be someone lower level because the Sixers don't have a ton of money, but just anyone that you might think or that you think could help out with this team, uh, especially with that bench situation. So, um, Prez, you can go first this time since you went last last time, and then uh, we'll go Prez, Sharky, and then to Ryan. Okay. Um, so for what I want them to do, I don't really want uh, – any of the free agents back. Uh, maybe Burks, but Burks is going to be asking for a lot. And I don't really care for Robinson. He didn't do much for us, not going to lie. And Raul Neto, even though he's a great player, just do not want him. 
Kyle Quinn, I wouldn't mind bringing back though, because he uh he was a good locker room guy, and he was friends with some of the guys. And uh, broke off. Yeah, I don't even know if he he didn't even play for us. But the team as a whole, right now, it's not looking too bad for the free agent. I'd want them to get. It's not really too many free agents this year. I haven't really looked at the free agents this year, but a guy I really want them to look at would be somebody like Doug McDermott because I really think he would be a great six man for us. Somebody who can space the floor and go out and just get buckets for us when we need it. Could play perfectly with Ben. I know I know he's under contract, I think for another year or two. I'm not sure, but just a trade for that. And I would I don't really know about the free agents, like I said, but Outside of that, that'd basically be like a big move. Trying to get somebody like Doug McDermott who can space the floor for us. That's basically it. Sharky. All right. So I've been basically obsessed with free agency ever since like the season got suspended originally. That was my first like thing that I got obsessed with while there was no basketball. Um, even though it was kind of a dumb thing to get obsessed with at the time, because we're still we're still not even at free agency yet, and it's November, or not yet, but next week's November. Um, in regards to our free agents, I want to re-sign Burks. I think he's great, and what he did in the bubble was pretty awesome for us. Um, I would also like to see Kylo Quinn back, uh, just because I mean, again, like great locker room guy, as Prez said. Um, I just thought he'd fit well with our roster right now, and. I think Raul Neto can go, like, goodbye. Like, I don't want him here anymore. Um, literally every time he went on the court, it's just, like, the timeline exploded with no, oh my god, like, what is this guy doing? Um, and Ryan Brokoff, I guess, we never even got to see him play, so I guess, like, he could go too. Like, I don't really feel like it's worth it to keep, like, a wild card like that where we don't really, well, we didn't really get to see what happened. Um, and with that GR3 money... Which, I don't know. Is he? Ba- he's being paid like around like four million, right? Or no? Is that like? I don't. Th- I don't think it's even that much. I'm pretty sure he and Burke like are on minimum contract. I think they're both on minimum contracts, so we're we're not like getting okay. substantial cap space by like letting him go. Yeah, I mean, I think he can go because he's gonna want more anyway. Um, I mean, I did think he was a good player and that he should stick around, but I don't think he's going to. And. I think you guys all know who I'm going to say in regards to a free agent that I would like to pursue. But I feel like a lot of what people like see when I just say it is that I want Dario Sarge back because I like him as a player. But I think it goes deeper than that in terms of like what he can do with Simmons and Embiid, considering he's already played with them for two seasons. And they obviously had really great chemistry. Plus, he's not even I don't think he's even really asking for that much like. I think with that hypothetical, like, Led Robinson, the third money, we could potentially sign him. I mean, plus, like, whatever, plus whatever cap we would get from, like, a Horford trade. So it's, it's not 100% certain that the, like, front office could even do this or that they would even want to. But it's certainly plausible, and I think it's more plausible than, like, the other, like, power forwards up for free agency, like Christian Wood or Davis Bertans. So I guess that's just my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're pretty spot on. Like the issue is like you were saying is cap space, but yeah. I I think my personal opinion, I think the best way we're gonna clear cap would be dealing Josh Richardson, just oh, because yeah, like he wasn't was really that bad. Either him or he like Mike really, Scott. Yeah, like he really like neither one of them were like 
bad necessarily for us this year, but it was just like with with how much they're getting paid and how much they contribute, I feel like we could build a little bit more, especially some of our younger guys. Like I feel like Shake Milton could honestly take yeah. like Josh Richardson's role. Obviously Absolutely. he's not as good as He's not as good as a defender, but you also have like Cork Moss that could play the two also. And I'm hoping the Sixers draft a one or a two with their um, pick. But I don't know. It's it's really tough because we really can't do that much. Like I know you guys are talking, like trying to figure it out, but like I'm looking at the free agent list right now, and like these names don't like they're not sexy names, but these are definitely guys I think that could fit. Like a guy like DJ Augustine or Jeff Teague or Langston Galloway, like. You know, these yeah. guard, these guard, these like guards that like are coming off like meh years and, and with an offseason where there's not a lot of cap space, these are guys that would normally get like more than like vet men, like the vet men or more than like a mid level exception. But because like of everything that went on and that the cap decreased and there's not a lot, a lot of teams want to spend, I think these are some guys that could really get more or less money than they would normally get. So I think that the Sixers really need to take advantage of that. Like, we're not going to be able to afford like a Jordan Clarkson. Or like Drogic or one of these guys that could like be a really good. They're not even worth it. They're, they're not that good. It's like they're just not like yeah. the free agents here. Like there's no kind of like a lame. Them. Like we don't need these guys, and it's like I feel like they're gonna be asking for a lot because there's not any good free agents out here. Yeah, I just I think the team should just either trade for some pieces because I think that's gonna be our way we improve, or we're gonna have to you know find some of these like find some of these guys during the season like what we've done like the more like this season reminded me a lot of like when we traded for Bellinelli and Ilyasova a couple years back and they were really good bench pieces for the playoffs and for the end of the regular season and then what we did this year with Burks and Robinson so I think that's the Sixers are just gonna have to like patch it together with what money they have and like try to you know work out some deals maybe deal Richardson or Mike and get some cap space you can sign some of these lower level guys but yeah a couple more names I'm gonna throw out are um Jeff Teague I was reading about him earlier. Uh, Etwan Moore. I already mentioned some of these guys. I mean, Bellinelli's a free agent again. You know, the reunion of a lifetime. No, he's like so ass. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I liked when you and, mentioned Links and Galloway. I don't. A lot of people don't know Links and Galloway had a great season. He shot forty yeah, percent on yeah. five threes a game. I wanted us to get him in the, on the freaking trade deadline, but you know the Pistons were like, "Nah, bro, we're gonna keep all our assets." I'm like, "Okay." You could get pick up. But then I think I think we should all if we don't sign Kyle Quinn back, we should go for another center. Preferably like if we could get like Bismarck Biombo at like a minimum, because you know this dude's been paid like way more than he should have been. And I don't think anyone wants him anyways. So we could get a guy like Biombo. So ass, so ass. He is, but dude had like a good year series with the Raptors and then got paid. <laughs> but for a vet man, like if we get a guy like Alex Leonard Biombo, I think that's an improvement over Kyle Quinn. Like obviously, like you said, I like him for the locker room presence, but nor if we deal Al, Al Horford. Norville Pell cannot be the back the backup center. Like we had Boban as a backup center, we all know how that went. So we just need a guy. He doesn't have to be a big offensive threat, but he has to be able to protect the rim and get boards. So, yeah, I'm looking at the free agent list. Like, there's nothing really else that really pops out. I mean, there's like Thabo Cephalosha. Maybe him and Daryl Morey have a reunion. I'm gonna call it now. The Sixers Thunder are gonna get legend. <laughs> the Sixers Thunder legend, by the way. <laughs> the Sixers are gonna sign some of these like random ass guys to minimum deals. Yeah, you like guys are like. You guys are bringing up names like I've never even heard of. Cephal- <laughs> like Thabocephalosha, uh, Patrick Patterson. Like, I think these are the guys. Ooh, two Sixers Thunder are Legends. <laughs> I, mean, Mike, I mean, fuck, Michael Carter-Williams is a free agent. Let's bring him back. <laughs> Rookie of the year. Dude, people were so mad when we traded him. That was hilarious. I was like, like he was not going to be good. He was just like, he was meh. It's like, I don't know. He was never that good. Also, 
I'm looking at the free agent list right now, and I want to bring up a take that someone sent in as a question. So I want Prez. You know, I think you know where this is going. Uh, do you know where it's going, or do you need me to tell, read you the take? Um, <laughs> I'll read. I'll read it. I'll read it in case people aren't familiar. This is a tweet from our good friend President Bede from June twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen. The Kings should draft Emmanuel Mudiay. We ship Joel Embiid and the Lakers pick for him, and we have <laughs> Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel, and Emmanuel Mudiay. Three all stars right there. Prez, care to explain? Uh, okay, so let's think about this. This was uh, I just turned fifteen. This is you know young Prez. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, Embiid's getting a foot surgery. Big men, when they come back from foot injuries, they usually do not play the same as they used to. We've seen it in the past before. And I just thought trading him at the time for a guy that, like Moutier, his potential at the time was insane. A lot of people had him as like a top three pick in the elite in the draft and he dropped all the way and looking back at it, obviously, <laughs> you know, looking back at it, obviously it was the stupidest thing I've ever said because that Lakers pick was the second overall pick in Embiid. Imagine giving up an Embiid and the second overall pick for Moutier. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I guess I was just thinking like Embiid wasn't going to be anything. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. And now he's the mascot of your account. Yeah, now he's the best center in the NBA. Damn, imagine if things were different in alternate universe and you were President Jaleel. That'd be <laughs> or President Moutier. <laughs> I'd kill myself. <laughs> At that time, I'd probably but, be on uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm gonna tra- Connor, I'm actually going to pose a question to you since I think um, we're going to talk about this a little bit on our Thunder segment of this podcast, but we might yeah. as well talk about it now. So from a Thunder perspective, what do you think the Thunder would want from a Chris Paul trade with the Sixers. Because Chris, Paul, Chris Paul's been a lot. I'll, I'll shift this over to um, Sharky and Prez afterwards <laughs> to see what they would be willing to give up as, as like a Sixers fan. But I want to see, as a Thunder fan, what would you expect in a package? Okay, so. Yo, just one thing before you go. No <laughs> thigh bulls, sorry. Uh, so thigh bulls in the package. Um, so, all right, what the Thunder want. The Thunder are going to want, because we're, we're going to have to take Al Horford's contract is what we're going to have to do. To make this work either his or Harris and I think you guys would rather deal us <clears throat> or I think Horford fits better for the package for us so I'm envisioning all right so this is what this is the trade I posed for the uh the Thunder section of this podcast but it, it fits here now too so it's Chris Paul for Al Horford Mike Scott Matisse Thibel um the Knicks 2021 second round pick and a, tw- and a first round pick in 2022 that would be ideal I don't know if I don't know if we can get two picks and Thibel. The only reason we could get that much is because we're taking on that extra year of Horford's contract. Um, but obviously Thibel's a great piece. I would love to get Thibel, pair him next to Dort. Uh, no one's going to score in that wing duo in the future. I also don't know if they will score at all, but we'll figure that out later. So I would love to get Thibel. Um, I don't mind taking on Al Horford's money because it's not like okay, OKC is ever a free agent player anyways. So I'm not super worried about that. And if the goal is to build, um, then we should be willing to take on bad contracts like Chris Paul's was perceived for the season. Even though it is still a substantially large contract, it's not really a bad, bad contract. Um, but taking on assets for these bad contracts should be what we're looking to do. 
So taking on like an Al Horford is perfectly fine with me if it means getting assets like a 2022 first round pick, which if it's Phillies, it's probably not going to be very good anyways. It'll probably be like mid-20s. But just to get that extra asset plus a Knicks second round pick, which knowing the Knicks, they'll be bad in tw- next year. So that'll be towards the first round. I think that would be two solid assets plus bringing in Thibault for Chris Paul. At this point, if we can get a decent young player and like a first round pick or like a second round pick, potentially a solid first round pick, then that would be like a dream scenario. I don't know how it's going to end up happening, but uh, if I if I were Sam Presti, that's what I would go in asking for before we start trying to make a compromise. So, yeah, and if I'm the Thunder too, I mean, I in my opinion, I think I'm going to talk about this on when we do the Thunder. But I think Stephen Adams is kind of a uh, guy you guys could sh- ship off somewhere. There's a lot of teams that could use some big man help, and so that could be create a position of need and make sense for Horford too. And then getting rid of Chris Paul just it, it'll open up for like <clears throat> Shagelix Alexander to develop. And be the guy. Like I feel like Chris Paul was the guy. Last, even though Shea took a huge leap, I think Chris Paul was kind of the guy. Like I know if, when Connor and I were watching games, if the game was in crunch time, Connor wanted Chris Paul to have the ball in his hands. I, Always, I, I want that Chris Paul mid range every single time. Exactly, but in ten years, and Chris Paul, you know, is on his couch making more State Farm commercials. Uh, he's not going to have the ball in his hands. It's going to be Shea. So we we want Shea to be the guy, even if that means they have to endure a tanking season. I think. That makes sense for both sides. Do you think, as a Thunder fan, they would want to, they would take Shake Milton over Thibault if the Sixers would, had to give up one? If the Sixers were pushing that, I would, I'd take it. I might ask for, I might then ask for the first round pick a little further down the line. To be honest, um, if I'm taking Shake, because uh, I think y'all are going to be good for the immediate future. So the the goal might be, hey, maybe the Sixers like win a championship. Chris Paul like retires or like like Chris Paul's contract runs out like one of Embiid or Simmons wants out things start to fall apart and in like 2023 maybe that's like a solid first round pick so I would try and push that pick back to kind of match up the timeline better if I were going to get Shake Milton how old is Shake Milton is he like 20 I feel like he's he's an older he, he, younger he, player isn't he? he he's an older younger player uh, I'll I want to say 24 24 yeah 24 is what I want to say I'm pretty he's 24 because I'm pretty sure we drafted him as a like third or fourth year out of um, SMU. Okay, all right, that's what I thought. Uh, I'm sure Presti would absolutely prefer Thibel in that he fits the mold of athletic players who can't shoot, which Presti absolutely <laughs> loves. But, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to getting Shake at all um, if it comes down to it. If Presti's like, nah, I'd rather have like draft capital and I'll take Shake Melton instead. Um, that's cool with me too, uh, because I wouldn't mind getting another guard if we're shipping off Chris Paul. Uh, there's a chance we might ship off, uh, sh- um, sorry, not Shake Milton, we might ship off Dennis Schroeder too. There's been rumors about that. So if we deal the two of them, we need another guard to bring in, which is what I'm hoping we'll do with our draft pick. But um, I wouldn't mind a Shake Milton. Shake Milton's really talented. So if we bring him in, I'm not going to be sad about it at all. Yeah, so uh, before we move on to our next thing, uh, Sharky or Prez, do either one of you like have anything different to say about that? Or are you guys pretty on the same page? Like, I know you guys don't want to give up Matisse Seibel, but I'm kind of in the boat where like, if you want to get a good player, you need to give up a good player, especially if you want to get rid of a horrendous contract. But uh, okay, you go, go ahead, first, Sharky. Go ahead, Sharky. I just see Chris Paul becoming like another Al Horford type of situation where we're just stuck with this dude who, like, okay. First of all, were you guys like super on board with Al Horford? Did you see him as like an awesome player for the Celtics who was just like dominating in the playoffs, like when he first signed? I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty excited when we got him. Right? I was, uh, I look back at it now and I'm pretty sad that I thought that. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that's kind of the same thing we're doing with Chris Paul with this whole like trade idea. Plus, 
I mean, we shouldn't be shipping out guys like Shake Milton or Matisse Thibel for someone that could potentially just develop into another Horford situation within a couple of years. I mean, like, I don't know what... He's on, like, a three-year contract, right? He's got three more years left, yep. Yeah. So Wait, he's going to so be, like, Chris 37. Paul, like, Chris Paul or Horford? Chris Paul, uh, Chris Paul, Paul, Chris Paul only has two Chris years. Paul. Horford has three more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's going to be, like, 30, 36 by then. He's going to be, like, about to retire, which, I mean, you can't really say that everyone's game necessarily like ages with them i know that's kind of a debate going on around around, like the whole james harden thing for philly but i just don't see it going well and i don't think we should really trade horford for him i just think that seems a little bit like counterintuitive because i mean the exact same thing could happen again what do you think prez okay come then we have this conversation like this horford and cb3 conversation and bo like Maybe in July. I think we did. I think we had something like that, yeah. I just want to say, you're on crack. Mm-hmm. You're on crack. Okay. If you, I'm just, like, saying, I, I just don't see any world where we have to take on next year $41 million and the year after $44 million, and we have to give up. For, for an aging dude, he's, like, what, what, 36 right now? Is he 36? He's 34 right now. Oh, he's 35. 35, he's 35. 30. Wait, okay. is he 35? He's going to be 35 next season and then okay. 36 the next season. Gotcha. Okay. okay. But I just think you're crazy and you're overvaluing somebody like Chris Paul where you have to give up a young, a future young star, like say a Thibault or say like a Shake Milton. It, I, it would make sense if we were in a win-now situation. I mean, we're on a win-now situation, don't get me wrong. But if we're in a situation where we're desperate, the next year or two, it's it. After that, it's over. It's like, I do not want to give them up. And throwing a pick or two on top of it, you're getting out of Warford. I'm not saying Warford is amazing, and he's nowhere near Chris Paul. <laughs> Warford is I'm, not... I'm the top 10 player thing. Why no, okay, okay, he's a top 10 player. Okay, <laughs> okay, let's get this bullshit out of the way first. You know what? You guys know what I'm talking about here. He's a good player. He's going to get you... 13 points, seven rebounds, depending on what team he's on. That's 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 good. And his contract is not as bad as Chris Paul. And you're taking the risk and us having to give up somebody like Thibault and a pick or two. I just think that's absurd for somebody like Chris Paul. I, I just don't see it happening. All right. Uh, so my my thought is if the Sixers trade for Chris Paul, they're winning the East. I'm, I have no doubt if the Sixers go out and get Chris Paul, they will win the East. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, maybe that's just because I watched Chris Paul a lot, so I understand just how good he is. Like, there's so much stuff that I... Because I watched a lot of Chris Paul before because I love basketball, but I had never watched as much as I did this season. And you truly don't appreciate how good of a player he is until you're watching him single-handedly win games for you. No, he's, I agree. I agree. He, he's ridiculous. Um he, he so, works well off the ball. He works well with the all ball. Right, that's like, my other thing. Yeah. A lot of Sixers fans I see don't want Chris Paul because they're like, oh, he would take the ball out of Simmons' hands. But Chris Paul nearly knocked off the Warriors with James Harden, who is one of the most ball-dominant players on the entire planet of all time, I would say. And you put you pair him along, or you put him alongside like Shea and Schroeder, who are both fairly ball-dominant guards. And last year, they had a ton of success. So I don't think that's an issue. In no, my, I definitely agree. I definitely in my agree. I, my theory is, or not theory, in my eyes, rolling out a lineup of next year of Chris Paul at the one, 
Josh Richardson at the two, Tobias Harris at the three, Ben Simmons at the four, and Joel Embiid at the five is easily the most talented starting five in the entire NBA. It's easily the most talented starting five. If you can add, if you can find some way to like add a couple shooters or something like that, I don't see any reason they shouldn't go out and win the East. I think I maybe I am overvaluing Chris Paul in that I'm overvaluing his impact. He is old. I get that. Um, but I do feel like he has a game that can age well, and I feel like he could bring some cult, some of that winning to the Sixers. I also really just want to see him get a ring. So even if we – maybe if we get a couple – like, I wouldn't be surprised if we got less than what I'm asking for. The package I put together No, is- I actually love your package just to be take out Thibault and Milton. Like, I, I don't – I wouldn't mind giving up Horford and two picks. I wouldn't mind that at all. But Well, I just well it's think- a first and a second. I think – well, the thing is, I think if you don't – if you don't throw in Thibault, you have to. You would just have to throw in like it might have to be like a Zaire Smith, and then maybe we ask for like another yeah, second or that, something. Um, one of that, our best bench players, I just couldn't get rid of like that, especially on Shake. You know, you see Shake Milton's contract, like yeah, it is really nice. Is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah. But so, um, um, yeah, I I, yeah. I, I, I was just saying, just because I just don't think giving mm-hmm. up. If Chris Paul was two years younger, I'd be way more like inclined to doing this, but. Mm-hmm. Just where he is in his career, I know he's great. But... That's fair, and I feel it. Like, I mean, Daryl Morey and Sam Presti have done deals more, like before, so I'm sure that they'll talk to each other about it. Um, I don't. I know Chris Paul kind of had beef with Doc Rivers when he left LA. I don't know if that beef is still there. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't get traded there if there was that beef. So I'm sure the Sixers would go out and get him. But yeah, I don't think the Sixers would have <clears> hired <throat> that Pacers assistant coach either with what he said about Embiid. <laughs> see, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. um, Ryan, <laughs> but. So I I think he may if Chris Paul gets traded to y'all I'm I might mess around and pick y'all to win the title, um, but yeah. Anyways, I don't want to keep going about Chris Paul because this is uh, a Sixer section. We're gonna talk about um, Thunder stuff later. But okay, so really just the final part is we kind of talked a lot about trade scenarios. So um, if you guys have any extra trade scenarios that I know we asked you guys to break up a trade scenario, go for it. Um, but outside of that, I guess just now like the final few pieces are like the draft. Um, so the big pick is the pick at 22 that you guys did get from OKC. So you have that pick. Um, if you have a prospect you, you've been like seeing a lot about on Twitter, who you're interested in, uh, or just like a position of fit that you'd want to go with, um, go ahead and say that. And then like any other last second, like if you have your trade proposal or something, uh, go for it. So, uh, Ryan, we can start with you this time. We'll go Ryan, then Sharky, then Press. So since I asked both Sharky and Prez to make trade proposals, I'll let them go next, and I'll let my, I'll talk. I'm gonna talk more about the draft because I know the draft is kind of like picky for some people. Some people they know way too much about the draft, and there's some people like me before this podcast that knew absolutely nothing. So um, I'll talk about the guy that like I've seen so many mock drafts, and like who I really want us to get after reading about him and watching some highlight tapes is um, Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. Uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about him. If you're listening, I don't know if you know anything about him. But he's he's a, a point guard who can shoot his ass out. And he has, he broke the record for the best basketball IQ on, like, some questionnaire that the NBA gave, like, a draft prospect. I mean, I cannot think of anything else I'd want out of a Sixers guard. Like, someone that's smart with the ball and that can shoot lights out. Like, I literally cannot think of anything better. It's like Furkan Korkmaz, but he has intelligence. Like, I mean, I just I, – that sounds absolutely perfect to me. So, I don't think – some people say we should draft a backup big. I think we have Norville Pell as a backup big. I think, or as a young backup big, I think we should focus on signing a veteran to place um, backup and beat. I don't want to throw out some like first round pick out of a JUCO 
to play playoff minutes at the center position for us. I don't really think that's a good fit. So if Tyrell Terry is not available when it comes, I think the Sixers should just go best available. It's not a big man, whether it's a wing or a guard, as long as they can shoot. I think that's the key. Best available shooter is what I say we go for. And I don't know much about draft names and stuff. When it gets closer to the draft, Connor and I will have a draft pod where we'll break down some prospects more because we'll actually learn about them and, you know, the media will post some more about them. But, yeah, some of, that was like my little draft spiel. Um, I'll talk about some other things in my final thoughts. But I know Prez had a Buddy Heel trade proposal we want to talk about. And then I know Sharky had one she want to talk about. So before I hand the floor to them, I just want to talk about this rumor I saw on Twitter, which was um, – that the Dallas Mavericks have interest in Tobias Harris, and I first of all want to say it's a load of bullshit, and, and I don't I don't see any world where the the uh, the Dallas Mavericks are into that. But if they are, I mean, I don't really know if it really makes us like does getting Tim Hardaway and Seth Curry for Tobias Harris really make us a better team? Because I don't think it does. Some Sixers fans think it think it does, but I don't I don't I disagree. But um, yeah. So Sharky, can go ahead talk about your trade proposal, and then we'll go on to Prez. So, honestly, I've been seeing a lot about, like, the Buddy Hill one, but I know Prez is going to cover that. I've also been seeing some stuff going around about, like, Drew Holiday or JJ Redick, which, obviously, like, as a big process person, I think it would be really fun to just have either of them back. Um, I know, like, based on what I just said about Chris Paul, like, going all in on JJ Redick probably doesn't really fit, like, my vibe of what I wanted, because I don't really, I don't know what his contract is, but he's also, like, 36 right now. And I don't want to be dealing with another like ancient player who we like we just can't get rid of. Um, so I guess I would go. I would honestly go for Drew Holiday. I'd probably trade like definitely Josh Richardson. I don't really know if the Pelicans would want him, but I feel like it would just it just evens out. Maybe Mike Scott, maybe like some picks or something on top of that. Um, I don't really I don't really know if it works out. I haven't thrown it in the trade machine yet or anything. But I was just thinking about it. It would be pretty nice if we could win like a championship with everyone's childhood favorite sixer i mean at least if you like grew up in like late 2000s early 2010s like i did i think it would just be pretty sweet to have him back yeah i think drew holiday makes a lot of sense he brings that you know defensive tenacity he's almost like if josh richardson was like this the store brand version of josh richardson he was like the yeah. gucci version you know what i mean like they like <laughs> yeah. they have a, they have a very similar i think josh all right um, Drew Holiday is way better on ball, like he's a better ball handler. But um, they have very similar games, like really tenacious, tenacious on the defensive side. They can guard one through three and could potentially guard bigger if they need to. Uh, they put a lot of effort into everything they do. So I really agree that he would be a perfect fit on this team. I the issue is just like you were saying is like money, and then what do we have that the Pelicans would want? Because I wouldn't say they're win now because their whole, you know, Brandon Ingram's like their oldest. Brandon Ingram and Lonzo are like their oldest, best players, I guess you could say, yeah. out of the young guys. Like, you know, you have Zion who's like 19 or 20, and you have, you know, Jackson Hayes, same thing. And then Ingram and Lonzo are more in their lower 20s, but still, they're not really like on the win now. Like, of course, they want to make the playoffs, but they're not really in that win now mode. So I definitely think we would have to give up, like you said, a guy like Richardson or even Horford because they don't really have a center because Favors is a free agent. Yeah. But we would have to give up. Like, I know you guys like Thibault and Shake Milton, but there's no doubt in my mind one of, if not both of them, would have to go I mean, to the Pelicans in that could, case. It could be Furkan Korkmaz. No, it wouldn't no. work. I'm just, I'm not like, I don't think so. I'm trying to be as very unbiased as possible here. 
because Drew Holiday is like people argue he should have been an All Star, and you have all these other NBA players saying he's the best defensive player yeah. in the league. So I think you ha- you have to give up, especially if you have Horford. I'm not sure Drew's contracts like, but I'm pretty sure they extended him not too long ago. But I think you have to give up one of, if not both, Matisse and Shake because that's just like what yeah. they want, and they have all the leverage. They're like, we don't have to give up Drew. It's not like Anthony Davis were like they're like. He's not going to play here if we don't deal him. So that's why maybe they didn't have to get like Kuzma and more picks from the Lakers. They just got what they got. Yeah, but absolutely. They have all the leverage here, so I think we would have to give up more. But I do love the idea. I think he's literally the perfect fit on this. I think it'd be nice to just like dig through my basement and find like that Drew Holiday jersey from when I was ten and be like, does this still fit me and can I wear it to a game? I know. Imagine all the throwback Sixers <laughs> jerseys. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be so awesome. This would be fun. But Prez, let's hear your uh, Buddy Heel trade you got cooking up for us. I'm sure it has a top 10 player involved in it, so let's hear it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Buddy Healed. I mean, I think 95% of Sixers fans on Twitter want Buddy Healed. It's not, I mean, do you see Buddy Healed, his Instagram, his Twitter? He'd be liking stuff, like edits of him in Sixers jerseys. It's like, it's like, it's like. <laughs> He wants to be here. It's, like, destined to happen. But, yeah, obviously Horford thrown in the deal. And it's interesting because the Kings were interested in Horford last offseason, and they weren't able to get him because the Sixers offered more. See, that's where, like, it comes into the trade. It's, like, when you're trading, if you want to trade for Buddy Heald, obviously Horford, but you're going to have to give up something else. And I don't know what they would need to give up. Had to be picks, but if you want somebody like Buddy Heald, they might be asking for like a Thibel or a Shake Milton. But if I had to give up one of Shake Milton or Thibel, I'd probably have to give up Thibel just for the fact that Shake Milton's contract is too good. And we have Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, who are the anchors on defense, and we can afford to lose a little bit of defense if that gives us a 20 point per game, three point shooter on our team which I really think would suit us for the long run. And I think we can give him an extension. I don't think he'd ask for the max. A big three if somebody like, or even a big four if we kept Tobias, like Tobias, Ben, and Bede, and Heald. I, I just think that's like too good to be true. But we'll see what happens. That's my main trade offer. Yeah, I think... I don't think you would have to give up a player like Thibel to get healed. I think if you threw in like Connor was saying earlier, like one of those Knicks second round picks, or maybe throwing like that's another. True. Yeah, like I think. Yeah, I, like that. But healed is younger. That's why. Like, yeah. I, yeah. But it's also like kind of what I was talking about with Sharky, how healed doesn't want to play there. So the, t- the trading teams may have a little bit of leverage in what they're giving up because if healed doesn't want to play, if he's disgruntled and they're playing him off the bench anyways, especially if they uh, give Bogdanovich a bag, which it looks like they're going to, I think. I think it could work out in our favor. So I'm thinking like what you said, Horford for healed. Cause I think the Kings fans don't realize, I think Horford's a better fit there than Kings fans like are willing to say, like they've needed a center for so long. Like they've been running out Dwayne Deadman and Alex Len. Like they, their centers over the past few years have been total ass cheeks. So I think that they could actually benefit from having Al as opposed to us, which we're playing two people in the same position essentially. But yeah, I agree. No, I, think, I agree. I agree. Yeah. We don't have to. I'm just saying in a hypothetical scenario, if you had to give up Milton or Thibault, that's who I'd pick. But yeah. I don't think you'd have to give up one or the other. But if they are asking for one, I should have clarified. Yeah, but I think the general consensus, based on what everyone has been saying, is even with like the Chris Paul talk, if the Sixers are going to make a splash in the trade market, it's going to be for a guard. I think that's the consensus right now. I don't see us making a splash for a wing. 
and obviously making a splash for big men makes absolutely no sense but uh connor let you you can go ahead and uh give some final thoughts and then ask some people for their final thoughts and we'll go ahead and wrap this baby up all right uh, i just want to go out there real quick to make money work if there was a tobias harris mavericks trade which this is also the first time hearing about it it would be the money would work if you did tobias harris uh, for Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dwight Powell, that would work. Um, the Sixers would probably, the Sixers might have to throw in, or the Sixers would probably have to throw in a couple picks to get rid of that contract because it's huge. Um, but that's the financial framework for it. Anyways, um, at the beginning, uh, I checked it, but I forgot to tell you, Al Horford's full name is Alfred Horford. Uh, I did check that. So, how dare you <clears> doubt <throat> my uh, my knowledge of Al? Horford's I wasn't doubting. I was history. just looking for clarification, and then you didn't provide it, so I looked it up. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I really don't have any other thoughts. Uh, I think that I guess with the way we can end it is with we'll do like <clears throat> give me a hot take for like the Sixers next year. Um, so I guess I can start with mine. If I I'll go with what I said earlier. If the Sixers trade for Chris Paul, they will make it out of the East. Um, I don't know who they'll play in the finals because there's still a lot to be determined. But uh, I like what the, I really like the direction the Sixers are going. I think after a disappointing season, it was kind of the season might end up being the wake up call that pushes them to championship contention like they needed. I think they might they got a little complacent after um, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I will stand by this that if that Kawhi shot bounces out, the Sixers win the finals. I that's for some reason I have this weird feeling that that's what it would have happened. So I apologize. Hope that doesn't make you guys sad uh, that that might have been a possibility. But I like their direction. I think that they're doing things well things are getting better and if there's any guy who's up for the job to try and fix this team it's probably daryl Morey. so um yeah i guess now we'll go to uh sharky if you want to give your final thoughts and then find final thoughts uh, like a hot one hot take about the sixers next season and then if you want to give any shout outs go for it and then we'll go to prez and i'll finish off with ryan i think my absolute hot take is that we do not in any way need a third star um, I think what happened with Jimmy Butler went well while it was happening, but then once he left, like our roster was just left kind of in shambles. I mean, there were a lot of other free agents leaving too, but it was just kind of this domino effect of like trading people and then ending up with people who didn't want to be here. So I'm going to just say no on a third star. So no on James Harden to everyone who was talking about that today. And of course, you guys already knew it. Free Dario. That's all I got to say. It wouldn't be a like, sharky guest it. appearance. It wouldn't be a guest a sharky <laughs> guest appearance without another free Dario thrown in there. We only got two, so that over under. <laughs> Honestly, I, I definitely have the over on that, so I'm losing some big money on that. Want me to throw another one in? Yeah, Want one me more. to do it again? Yeah, yeah free Dario. More. Oh, thank God! All right, I've made the money line. Okay, we're good. But uh, thank you for coming on. It was nice having you on. I hope you enjoyed your time. And you, I know yeah, you said you're a little bit nervous. You were nervous beforehand, but hopefully, once you realize that we're all normal human beings, that. Uh, yeah. It wasn't too nerve-wracking. And hopefully your uh, yeah. parents think your job interview went well, or whatever you said it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go tell them about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Prez, you want to go ahead? Okay, so my hot take, my hot take this season, um, upcoming season, uh, Shake Milton is going to be a six-man-of-the-year top three candidate, and I think he's going to be almost everything we wanted Markel Fultz to be. Not everything, but I think he's going to be a lot of what we thought Markel Fultz was going to be. I think he's going to be great three-point shooter. I think he's going to be 
a very underrated finisher in the league. And like I said, I think he's going to be up there with six-man-of-the-year candidate. So that's my hot take for the upcoming season. All right, cool. Uh, thank you again, Prez, for hopping on. I know you've been on here a couple times, and uh, it's always fun talking to you and talking basketball or talking thank about you. or talking non basketball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to wrap this up, I mean, this like I said, the Sixers are an interesting basketball team. Like, there's really like <laughs> there's so much up in the air. Like, there's teams like the Lakers that just wonder like, oh, they're gonna be back, or like the Bucks, like, oh, as long as they have Giannis, you know, they'll be right there. Or, you know, but I just feel like the Sixers, like, every year it's just, like, so many what-ifs and, like, this needs to happen or this could happen. So there's definitely a lot more we need to talk about and dive into. So hopefully we can talk some Sixers later on, you know, as draft gets closer, I'm sure. Like I said, I don't think Daryl Moore was brought in just to, you know, run the same team. I think they're going to make a big move, whether it's a trade or, I don't know, just, like, some little pieces, but, like, deal someone in the starting lineup. I don't know. But, uh... My hot take is going to be that they do not trade Al Horford somehow. That's going to be my hot take. Just because Just because everyone's kind of like made the assumption that Horford will not be in a uniform next season. Like, I'm not saying like I'm not with that because I if we could get like a Buddy Hield or a Chris Paul for Horford, you know, sign me the fuck up. But I'm that's going to be my hot take that he the milkman will be raining buckets next season for the Sixers. All right. Uh, well, with that, um, that's another reference to Al Horford and Chocolate Milk, which seems to have become a staple on this podcast. Uh, but uh, with that, really, that, I think that's everything. So I appreciate all you guys being on. Um, I like a lot of good talk. It was cool to hear you guys talk about it. You all clearly know what you're talking about, which is cool. Um, and as an outside fan, it was interesting to hear your perspectives on things. Uh, give me a little bit different uh, direction than I might be thinking uh, with my Chris Paul bias, but... Yeah, so uh, once again, thank you guys for having on or coming on. Um, thank you for talking about the Sixers thank with you us. Thank for having me. <laughs> yeah, uh, Prez, I hope Al Horford gets dealt for uh, your sake. Um, Sharky, <laughs> I hope Darius Sarich is freed for your sake. And uh, Ryan, I just hope the Sixers play well because it because when you're sad, it's not great. So, all right. Um, I can confirm it is not great when I'm sad. <laughs> all right, but um, now uh, we're going to move over to the Thunder, but uh, – one more time, thank you guys to our guests, and uh, I'll see you guys later. Appreciate it. Real one, say it back. <laughs> thank you guys.